This is Amy Downey with Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries. We hope this episode will encourage you, enlighten you, sometimes anger you, but never bore you. Shalom and welcome to another episode of Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries. And for as long as I can remember, I have heard American pastors and churches and Christians recite one verse as the key, the key for revival in this country. This verse can be found in all over Facebook and on cross-stitch pillowcases and homes across the United States. You can buy assorted knickknacks in all sizes and varieties and Hobby Lobby or whatever Christian bookstore you frequent, especially if they have a large Jesus junk, forgive the blasphemy, Jesus junk section, bumper stickers, sermons, songs, poems, and declarations all utilize this one verse, 2 Chronicles 7.14, as the mantra and cure for all that ails America. You want to hear it if you don't know it already? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. That is a wonderful verse. That is a glorious verse. That is an inerrant verse from the inerrant word of God. And it is a wonderful verse applying to the nation of Israel. However, I must be honest with you, it will not cure what is wrong with the nation of Israel. Let me repeat that sentence to you. It will not cure what is wrong with the nation of Israel because it is a wonderful verse applying to the nation of Israel because the context of the passage, chapters 5 through 8, is about the dedication of the temple in Jerusalem, number one, the chosenness of the Jewish people, number two, and the reaffirmation of God's promise that the Messiah would come from the lineage of David, number three. America, nor any other country in the world, cannot just pick out one verse out of this section, chapters 5 through 8, and claim it for ourselves as we have done for so many years. We cannot and we must not. I feel like I'm about to get tomatoes thrown up against the side of my head, by the way. We can look at Second Chronicles 7, 
and the chapters before and after and see how God keeps his promises even today for Israel because it is once again a nation. We can look at 2 Chronicles 7 and realize that Jesus' lineage is through David on both his adopted father's Joseph's side, Matthew 1, and Mary's side, Luke 3. However, 2 Chronicles 7.14 is not America's promise. But there are other verses and steps we can take that are even better than 2 Chronicles 7.14, but they require more work on our end. Ah, oh, more work? Yes, more work. Three prophets and three leaders of Israel give us the great example of what we must do if we really want the United States or any country to be the nation that it could be for God, England could do it. Mexico could do it. Canada could do it. Russia could do it. The Ukraine could do it. Any nation could do it. That it could be for God. So are you interested in seeing their example? Their names and the examples they give us are, are Daniel from chapter 9, 1 through 23, Ezra from chapter 9, verses 16, 6 through 15, and Nehemiah, verses 1 through 5 through 11. And each of these letters were, each of these leaders were upstanding, righteous, and not guilty of any great sin against God. And definitely not the sins that they were confessing to God. However, they led by example in their prayers and that they asked for forgiveness, not only for the sins of their people, but took on corporate ownership as well. Let me say, let me give you those verses again, because I want you to go read these verses. Daniel 9, 1 through 23. Ezra 9, 6 through 15, and Nehemiah 1, 5 through 11. Because what they did in these chapters is they took, they, they went and prayed for the sins of the people of Israel. But instead of saying, look what they did wrong, they said, Lord, we sinned. We sinned. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you real quickly an example. Because Daniel, his words in Daniel 9 5 is a wonderful example. Daniel 9 verse 5, and, and by this time Daniel is an exceptionally old man. This is after Nebuchadnezzar, this is after he's thrown in, in the lion's den. He's an old guy. I mean, he's past 80. <clears throat> he has served. This is when, this is after everything. This is after the you know the writing on the wall. This is this is after everything. He's old. He's tired. And he knows that the, the people of Israel are about to go back. This is after the 70 years. So he decides it's it's time to pray. 
This is Daniel 9, chapter 9, verse 5. He says, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even de by departing from your precepts and from your judgments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity. We. Now, Daniel was young when he left. But he started off by saying, we have sinned. He didn't say, those people sinned. And I spent the last 70 years in judgment, God. He said, we have sinned. He took on corporate ownership. And we'll get to that in a little bit. He took on corporate responsibility because he was a leader. He was a leader of his people and he said, we have sinned. Ezra, as a leader of his people, as a prophet. And by the way, Ezra wrote so many of the books of the Old Testament, of the Hebrew scriptures, more than you can imagine. And when he saw that the sins of the people after they came back from captivity, they were still sinning, even though he was trying to be a leader of his people. And he saw the sins of the people. He, he, he just went ballistic. And that's my Amy word. He said, oh, in chapter 9, verse 6 of Ezra, he said, oh, my God, I am ashamed and blush. His face was red to lift up my face to you, my God, for our iniquities. He didn't say their iniquities. He said our iniquities are increased over our head and our trespass is grown up into the heavens. Ezra had done nothing wrong, but he took on corporate responsibility, corporate ownership, and, and I'm going to get to that idea of corporate ownership because that's really important. And Nehemiah chapter 1, this was right before he left, you know, he left to go back and to help rebuild the walls. And, and he had gotten permission from Artaxerxes or Aharas. I can't ever say, I just call him King Aha. And and he and he was he got permission and he and his prayer in Nehemiah one verse six says, "Let your ear be attentive, and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel." which we have sinned against you. Both I and my father's house have sinned. Co corporate responsibility, corporate ownership. Now, Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, they were leaders. They had not committed the sins that the people had committed, but because they were leaders... They took on ownership. They took on responsibility. And this idea of co corporate ownership that Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah took on was, was not a lie or false humility. 
It was a recognition that when the people of Israel sinned, it was because the leaders of Israel, those who had come before Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah, they had failed the people and had enabled them to fall into sin, and that's why they had gone into captivity. Ergo, and as leaders, I'm talking about Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Ergo, and as leaders, they were now responsible for leading the people into corporate confession for their sins. Because that's what leaders do. True leaders lead by confession. True leaders lead by saying, I'll go first. Today in America, Christians, churches, and pastors have sins to confess. Many, many, many sins to confess. The sin of pride. I'm pointing at myself. The sin of evangelistic apathy. The sin of silence when children were abused by pastors in our churches. The Southern Baptist Convention is having to deal with that sin right now. The sin of worshiping the false god of political power. And those are just a few of the sins we have to confess. And while I could go on listing any number of sins, including any numbers of a number of sins that would convict me personally, I believe we all need to sit down and and write out a prayer to God confessing our sins both personally and corporately to God. You know, Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah included sackcloth and ashes and fasting. And I don't know where you could find sackcloth in this day and age, but if you can find some, add it. And if you choose to do so, do it. That's up to you. But omit Second Chronicles 7.14 and, and let's do the prayers of Daniel and Ezra and Nehemiah instead. Because that's what we need to do today. Because we have a lot of corporate ownership for the sins of Christians, churches, and pastors. Keep your prayers to yourself right now. Because there might come a day when we have to own up to it publicly. But maybe we need to be like Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah for a while. And have a little sackcloth and ash time. Those are my thoughts for today. Let me know what you think. Shalom. God bless. Until the next time.
This is again Amy Downey with Sadaka Ministries and Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries. We hope you enjoyed our episode today. If you have any questions or if you have any complaints, go to www.zadakaministries.org or info at zadakaministries.org and we will be glad to be in contact with you.